Good morning. Or should you be watching online, it may be the afternoon or possibly the evening or maybe even the middle of the night if you're suffering from insomnia. I'll probably cure that actually. <laughs> no. <clears throat> Anyway, Simon Dodd, it's really nice to be able to speak with you this morning. This is actually um, part two of a two-part series. So if you missed um, part one, you can go back to the 5th of September on the St. Albans Baptist Church YouTube channel and catch that message, which was um, about sharing in God's work and the glory that we would share as a result of sharing in that work. But today, I'm going to talk about sharing in God's rest and of the power of a pause. There is so much benefit to be had from inserting a pause. God wants to pour his blessing into our lives, and in order to receive the fullness of that blessing, we often have to purposely create an entry point, a space a portal through which we can access God and God can access us. The perfect entry point for God's blessing into our lives is a pause. You'll notice that the word pause can be either a verb or a noun. To pause means to stop, rest, listen, wait, take a breath. Let the dust settle. Review or regroup. Pause is also a name for a stop, a break, an interruption, a lull, a time out, a gap, breathing space. In World War I, in probably past there, they used Morse code to send signals, and in Morse code, each letter of the alphabet is coded for by a series of either short or long uh, beeps. So, for example, beep, 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 stands for SOS, save our souls, which means you're in a spot of bother. <coughs> That's what it means. What about this one? <coughs> beep. You might not recognize that one, but the continuous beep happens when the person sending the message has actually got his head on the button, <laughs> which usually indicates that they're either unconscious or dead. The point is that in Morse code, it's the pauses that bring meaning to the message. And in the same way, pauses can bring meaning to our life. Without pauses, life is just one long, continuous noise. And that's not what God intended. He intended for life to be rich and full of meaning. Are you feeling spiritually unconscious or dead today? If you are, perhaps it's time to insert a pause. You can pause with God. You can pause in your daily life. And then there is the blessing of the unplanned pause. So 
So I'm going to go through those three things, um, and I'm going to spend a greater proportion of my time on the first one of those, so if you're counting out how long it's going to last, don't worry. <laughs> so, number one, pause with God. Our God is the God of the pause. Before the world was made, Genesis 1-2 tells us the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering or brooding over the waters. It was a pause, shortly to be interrupted or broken by the words, let there be light. And then after six incredible days of creation, on the seventh day, God rested. Another pause. And he blessed the pause. And he continued to bless the pause. When God brought the people of Israel out from Egypt, he gave them the law of the Sabbath, the seventh day. On that day, nobody was to do any work. Not servants, not even animals. Instead, they were to rest and be refreshed. It was a day dedicated to the Lord. It was his Sabbath, holy and set apart. In addition to the weekly rest, God ordained festivals throughout the year which had the dual role of focusing the people on God and giving them a holiday. Then every seven years, the ground was to rest, and God promised them such a bumper crop in the sixth year that they, they would have enough food to last right through the seventh year and even into the beginning of the eighth year. So effectively, the whole year was, relatively speaking, a pause. Quite like that one. What God was doing, really, was giving them a pattern of, uh, for how he wanted them to work and rest. And it's the same pattern that he gives us. God's plan is that we join him in his work and in his rest. Whose Sabbath is it? It's God's Sabbath. And he invites us to join him in it. The Sabbath was the center point of God's relationship with his people in Israel. It required obedience, and those who kept the Sabbath were saying to God, I trust you, and I will honor you with my devotion. The Sabbath also provided refreshment for body, mind, and spirit. It was an invitation to rest in God. Now, we no longer live under the law of Moses, and people these days have various ideas about what observing the Sabbath looks like now. But most would agree that Sabbath means setting aside time to honor God and rest in Him. God invites you to breathe and to be breathed upon. In John 20, 22, we read that Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And it's the same now. As we pause in his presence to breathe, Jesus breathes upon us. 
This pours their opportunity to receive the Holy Spirit, to receive grace and wisdom, to commune with God, to hear his voice, and to be refreshed. The Bible talks about God being a hiding place, a secret place, a dwelling place. It's a place that you go, but also it's a place that you can take with you. Even in the midst of noise or conflict or difficulty, you can access God's rest at any moment. Like this one. In my 23, I think, years as a GP, I've noticed that more and more people, uh, including Christians, are troubled by anxiety. No doubt the reasons for that are complex. But anxiety is not a fruit of the Spirit. Peace is a fruit of the Spirit. Joy is is a fruit of the Spirit. And I wonder, have we as 21st century Christians lost the art of resting in God? Have we spurned the discipline of setting aside time to meet with God in the secret place? It's not that anxiety is wrong. It's that we need somewhere to take it. Like a book exchange. Where you take your book full of woes and worries and the cares of the world and you put it on the shelf and then before you take another book to replace it, you pause. I, I kind of imagine God has this beautiful bookshelf in his book exchange and a couple of comfortable, battered old armchairs and a coffee table and a pot plant. <laughs> and I imagine sitting down with God for a cup of tea and a conversation. He always has time for me. And as God and I talk, I get a bit of perspective. And then as I'm leaving, God reaches up and he takes a different book off the shelf and he hands it to me and says, this is a good one. (laughs) And so it happens that the more I visit God's book exchange, the more my mind is renewed and the more easily I can join God in his rest. Have you got any books you need to exchange? One of the key purposes of resting in God is listening to God. Some of you will know that one of my passions is to help people find intimacy with God through the Bible. And one of my favorite things to do when I'm pausing with God is SOAP, which stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, Prayer. Essentially, SOAP is inviting the Holy Spirit to read the Bible with you and draw to your attention whatever he wants to talk to you about. Then you capture the thoughts he gives you by writing them down or typing them down as they come to you. The reason why soap is so good is that it regularly and reliably brings you with open ears and an open heart before God. And for me, this has been just such a massive blessing in my life. Recently, I've added a new dimension to my soaps by having conversations with God in writing. 
somehow that removes a filter so that the connection with God is even closer. Uh, I believe God is speaking to us actually much more than we often realize. Um, But his voice comes to us through our thoughts, and so we often mistake his voice just for our own thoughts. And so we just kind of discard it. Therein lies the beauty of writing down uh, your conversation with God. Somehow, both with soap and in prayer, writing captures the thoughts that come into your head and nails them down right there in front of you so you can see them. For a conversation with God, you can speak to God just as if you're sitting with Him in the book exchange. You can even ask God questions. Then, as the other side of the conversation comes into your head, you just write them down. Write it down. Personally, I'm finding this just super helpful, and my thanks to Mark Holloway, I hope I've got his name right, for this idea. Um, He's actually going to be coming to visit our church next month, I believe, with his wife, and know that he'll speak more about having conversations with God. So um, why not give it a crack now, get a bit of a head start? (laughs) Remember, you're not writing the Bible, you're just learning to recognize the voice of God for yourself, and I think you'll be surprised. So, let's pause, let's... uh, Point number one, pause with God. Now I'd like to talk about pausing with God in our everyday life. Now, one of my favourite places to run is the five-kilometre stretch of beach between Spencer Park and the Wymack River mouth. There it is there. It's often nearly deserted, apart from a few fishermen at the very end of the river mouth and just the odd person walking their dog down there, so it's really beautiful. And at low tide, the beach is wide and flat. And occasionally when I'm running down there, this wacky thought comes into my head. There's nothing in front of me. If I was to close my eyes, how long could I keep running for before opening them again? (laughs) And so I try it. I get myself midway between the sea over there and the sand dunes over there, and and I close my eyes and I just run. It's wonderfully unsettling. (laughs) After a while, you stop noticing the ground under your feet and you almost feel like you're just running in space. But oh, how quickly comes the desire to open your eyes to see where you are. It seems totally irrational, but I don't think I've lasted for more than about one minute without opening my eyes to check where I am. And even though I think I'm running in a straight line... (laughs) It's amazing how I tend to veer either to one side or to the other. Now, you might think that running with your eyes closed is a stupid idea. But many of us are actually doing it all the time in our everyday lives. We're doing what we're doing, and we just keep on doing it. We never stop to think, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Where am I going? Why am I doing it this way? Could I do it a different way? Am I on track? Are my priorities in order? Am I tending to the important relationships in my life? 
If we don't stop to ask ourselves those questions, we're essentially running with our eyes closed. There's a very high chance that we're veering off course. And if we keep running, it's inevitable that we're either going to find ourselves bogged down in soft sand, or tripping over a log, or running into the sea. Now look at me. Don't do it. Pause. Open your eyes and look around. Get your bearings. Reset your direction. And then move off again in the direction you want to go. Don't run through your life with your eyes closed. Insert a pause. Now, in writing, we have something called punctuation. For example, a comma means pause. A full stop means fully stop. We can apply punctuation to our every to every situation in our life, at work, at school, um, with physical activities or social activities or ministries, when talking with people, when praying with people. You know, when you're praying for someone, don't overwhelm them with a wall of words. Use punctuation. Pause. Fully stop. Listen. Give the Holy Spirit room to speak. Not just to you, but directly to the person that you're praying with. I reckon that when it comes to, pray, to praying for other people, less is more. Now, <clears throat> when I'm preparing a talk, I spend a lot of time on the wording because I want what I say to be like a polished arrow. But sometimes, while I'm searching for the very best way to say something, I get stuck and the words just won't come. Um, now, as I was writing this talk, I had several ideas that I wanted to include. And I had my iPad uh, sitting in front of me. Oh, I had a wee keyboard here. And I had my iPad sitting in front of um, a couple of books. My Bible and uh, the biography of Dr. Zeus. And uh, something weird happened, um, sort of as if the combined wisdom of God and Dr. Zeus sort of came somehow simultaneously seeping into my mind. And, um, and as I was writing, mindful of time, the words I wrote began to rhyme. <laughs> it seems to me that the three most influential books in my life may just be the Bible, the Lord of the Rings, and One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish. <laughs> I even have a copy of this in Spanish. <laughs> anyway, what I'm getting to is this. I broke the dreaded writing curse by writing the next part all in verse. Now this is condensed wisdom, so listen carefully. It's called, A Little Rhyme to Do with Time and clever ways to use it. Guess what? I found a little thing that helps you live your life with zing. It lets you think. It makes you smart. It helps you not to fall apart. You ask, what is this thing of yours? This thing I found is called a pause. I use it here, I use it there, 
A pause can be used anywhere. It's such a useful thing, you see, to get you where you'd like to be. Insert a pause, and soon you'll know exactly where you want to go. When things are getting out of whack, a pause can get you back on track. Or what if your battery is going flat? You can get it recharged. A pause can do that. What if someone is being mean? Before you react, put a pause in between. A pause can help you settle down and stop you from being a grumpy old clown. Has your vision gone all hazy? Are your feelings going crazy? Before you run another lap, just stop. You need to make a gap. Give yourself some breathing space. Life is long. It's not a race. A pause will give you time to rest and figure out just what is best. Why go forward without quite knowing just where it is that you are going? And so you see that if I just could, I would help you all to pause. I would. A pause is wise, and a pause is good. Do you pause very often? Perhaps you should. <laughs> Why don't you take one minute now to stand up and wiggle your bottom, and from what we've covered so far, share with your neighbour something that you liked a lot or something that has hit the spot. Go. You've got one minute. All right, that's our minute. <clears throat> that was a planned pause. But now I want to talk about my third point, which is the blessing of an unplanned pause. It's easy to think of an unplanned pause as being just an empty space on a timeline. An unforeseen and potentially unwanted gap. But that would be wrong. It's much more helpful and true to think of a pause as being like a container, a vessel. It's a gift from God for that moment, and you get to choose what to fill it with. Pauses never remain empty. We always put something in them. The question is, 
What will you fill your unplanned pause with? I suspect that for most of my life, my natural response to waiting or being held up or having something fall through has been to grumble. But I found that when I embrace the, that unplanned pause as a gift from God rather than a nuisance, it completely changes how I feel about that pause. Instead of frustration and disquiet and angst, I'm learning to tap into God's rest and so my pause becomes filled with something more akin to peace. In fact, when I was writing this, I felt God say to me, I can help you with your pauses. Invite me into every one. I feel like he would say the same to you. I can help you with your pauses. Invite me into every one. I like to call it waiting time worship. It's so much better than grumbling. Why would you choose to live in grumble town when you can live in the peace of God? Psalm 84 says, Blessed are those who dwell in your house. In Philippians 2, Paul says, Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault and a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Like stars in the sky. As you firm, that's a little signal to the, uh, to the band. <laughs> they, they were asleep. <laughs> then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you firmly hold to the word of life. Stars in the sky. You know, I really believe that this is going to be one of our distinguishing features as Christians. This ability to be able to rest in God in the midst of troubled times. We need to embrace it and practice it so that it becomes second nature to us. You know, um, when people die, we often use the words rest in peace. R.I.P. But resting in God is not just for dead people. If you trust in God, you can rest in God. You can carry God's peace into all your situations. And that's important, not just for you. People see what you carry. And we are to shine among them like stars in the sky. I believe that the secret to that and to creating a pure pause from those unexpected gaps is learning to rest in God in the quiet place first. In other words, it's our planned pauses with God that enable us to unlock the blessing of the unplanned pause. All right, I'm wrapping up. Today we've talked about three ways you can pause. You can pause with God. You can pause in your everyday life. And you can embrace the blessing of the unplanned pause.
Let me close with this encouragement. Our God is the God of the pause. Both the planned pause and the unplanned pause. Sabbath is God's idea. And whatever that looks like for you, you can find perfect balance in your life by joining God both in his work and in his rest. And so you see that if I just could, I would help you all to pause. I would. A pause is wise and a pause is good. Do you pause very often? Perhaps you could. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.